It's time for another episode of Squaring Up the Sharp. My name is Max. I'm joined here by my co-host Austin Weinrich, and we have a uh, a little playoff preview episode that we're going to do for you. We are now into the the playoffs. Week 17 is behind us. All the playoff seedings are set, and uh, we're we're pretty pumped and, and ready to get into it for you. So, uh, how you doing, Austin? You doing all right? Uh, my back's a little tight. I've been living off the couch. Girlfriend has the flu, so. I'm not getting it, so I'm <laughs> sleeping on the couch. <laughs> you're uh, you're uh, living that life right now. I know. Um, yeah, you. The first thing you said to me when you walked in is your your back's hurting. <laughs> you're, you're a little tight, which, you know, at this age, it, yeah, <laughs> it gets. Uh, it's it's not like you get over it after a day or two. It takes a couple of weeks. No, I'm hitting my. Uh, what is this? A third decade of life. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Your birthday's coming up in a couple months. Um, but uh, yeah, so like I said, we have a, a good playoff episode for you. Just a, just uh, four games this weekend that we're going to uh, go over for you. So it'll be a little bit on the shorter side, but there's some other things that we're going to talk about, some some award odds and things like that. And there's a lot going on locally that is uh, something you know I think it needs to be discussed. So we'll, we'll you know give our thoughts on that. But uh, first off, we are presented by the link. Make sure to check out the website, linksports.com. That's L-Y-N-Q sports.com. Everything's free. Uh, opinion pieces, betting analysis, whatever you can uh, pretty much ask for, go check that out. Uh, especially now, playoffs coming up. And uh, we've, we actually we're putting out all our predictions for the uh, the NFL team is putting out all their predictions. So make sure to check that out. And um, it's, uh, it's always good stuff. And that's L-Y-N-Q sports.com. All right, so... Why don't you want to do a recap of week 17? We're not going to go over all the games like we normally do, but because we'll do a recap. the games don't matter anymore. Yeah, so we'll do a recap for our records. Uh, we both both had pretty, you know, we, for the most part. Yeah. Uh, Max, you were 10-5-1, and one, and you were 2-1 and one on your locks, while I was 8-7-1, and one, and I was 0-2-1 on my locks. Okay, so uh, definitely finished up strong with the, uh, the overall records there, both over 500 in week 17. And now we'll get into a little bit more analysis with only four four games this weekend. But first off, I wanted to get your thoughts on what's going on locally. So you have the Jets and the Giants. Uh, both teams just seem like they're just <laughs> wandering around in the dark somewhere. And nobody really knows what's going on, who's doing what. You got uh, you have burner accounts. You have a, a Giants GM who uh, is finally talking to the media, and he sounds like an idiot. <laughs> he sounds like he's lost. Yeah. Um, so, I wanted to ask you. Let's we'll start with the Jets. But do you have do you have a burner account? Do you have a burner Twitter account that you use? I mean, I guess technically our Twitter account, <laughs> <laughs> our burner. Yeah, but no, well, nobody cares about us, yeah. so you're not losing our job over anything, but. No, I do not. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't need to promote myself anymore. Yeah, that's uh, you know, that's true. But the so it came out that the Jets, uh, well, I'm, I, I, you don't want to, you, yeah. you don't know who, you don't know who. But there was a burner. There's been a, a discovered that there's a burner account of somebody who's, uh, you know, given Adam Gase props or defending him because he's being attacked nonstop, and for pretty good reason i think i mean at the end of the day the jets finished seven and nine which they actually a record. you know for where they started they actually finished the season strong and they they played well they beat some good teams so you give them props for that right and they don't have a bad draft pick it didn't hurt them that much winning seven games i think they're drafting 11th 
Yes. Uh, yeah, the draft order. Giants are fourth. Jets are eleventh. So yeah, right. Um, but now it's coming out that there's a burner account and there's speculation as to who. Is it Adam Gase's? Is it one of the beat writers here in New York? Is it one of his family members? Because it, we saw this with the 76ers. Yeah, that was broken by Ringer Sports a couple years ago. Yeah. The Sixers GM. And he got fired for it. Yeah. And it was his wife. Apparently. Well, he was using his wife's account. Okay. So he was using his wife's account to d- defend himself. And it's kind of like, at the end, who cares? Like, <laughs> at least to me. Like, if you have a second account and you're just defending yourself, you know, number one, uh, in this day and age, our, our president <laughs> tweets out every, you know, five minutes. And I don't know if you've ever looked at the comments underneath every Twitter post of his. Yeah. And it's like, all right, if you want to defend yourself, you should be able to defend yourself, but you want to kind of be above reproach, as they say. But that's the thing. You can't be talking... To every fan, you shouldn't be on Twitter no. that much either. No, no. Well, that, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we see, we've seen this with, uh, like we said, uh, you're only going to see the negative comments. You're never going to remember the praising that's comments. What, that's the way it is now, yeah. and probably seventy five percent of them are negative anyway, because that's why people use social media. But you have, uh, you know, you saw the with Brian Colangelo in Philadelphia, Kevin Durant with his burner mm-hmm. account. So you've seen this before, <laughs> and. The 76ers GM at the time, Colangelo, he gets fired for it. So if it was to come out that it was Adam Gase and, you know, he was using it to defend himself, is it a fireable? I mean, uh, I didn't actually I didn't actually go through and see what was he actually said. fired or did he step down and resign? No, he was fired. Did they fired him? Yeah, he was. Well, fired. but he was saying specific things about players. That's true too. It depends yes. on the content. That's why I was getting yeah. to. I didn't. I have not seen exactly what. The, I don't think it would mention any player directly. No, and you know, so I, I don't know what the deal is. The pro, it's just a problem that it, if anything we're talking about it. My question is, now you got the Titans in the playoffs with Ryan Tannehill, who yeah. couldn't win a game under Gase to save his life. Is that a fireable offense that he he had maybe a franchise quarterback in Miami and destroyed him? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's definitely a fair question. <laughs> that matters more than this stupid burner account. But everyone's talking about it. Um, the thing is, is that he was asked about Le'Veon Bell, too. Because Le'Veon Bell finished with mid-700 rushing yards. Um, I think it was 731 or yeah, something. Yeah, he only had, I think, three touchdowns. He had three or five touchdowns, no more than five, and he averaged only 3.2 yards per carry. So he was asked in the press conference, all right, uh, you know, what's the deal with Le'Veon Bell? And his response was, you can ask the GM tomorrow. <laughs> and they asked again, you can ask the GM tomorrow. Now, this was the this, – this individual that asked the question, they do not have a good relationship, so it could have just been that. But – I mean, this has been going on between him and Bell all year, it seems like. And then you have Bell tweeting about the response. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, all right, where does it end? He's, where does it end with this team? He's not doing himself any favors. That's all I know. No, he's not. And you would think that if, you know, uh, listening to sports talk radio, it's like a lot, of, a lot of the sentiment is, all right, if you're not that good of a communicator, you need to be a very good coach. Like, you look at Bill Belichick. His press conferences are awful. He doesn't give anybody information. They're either awful or great, depending on you know how you look at it. But he uh, he he's a he's he wins. 
the Belichick thing is a little underrated, though, because if you ask him, supposedly, if you ask him, like, a smart football question, like, why did you go to this personnel in this situation? Yeah, I guess, yeah, if you're asking... He, he likes in-depth football, football yeah. questions. He doesn't like speculation or... Or your feelings, yeah. like, your emotions, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, I could see that. Um, you have something? No, I'm just... Okay, I'm you just scrolling through. Um, yeah, I mean, the whole thing with Gase, you know, he'll be back next year, obviously. They've already said that. But this is going to be very... Uh, everything's Everything's already under the microscope here. To be honest, I think you have to keep Bell. I don't know his contract off the top of my head, but... It was a four-year, $52 million deal or something like that. But I don't know how much is guaranteed. It, it was... Uh, it, I think it was at least half guaranteed. Uh, I'm not sure. But, I mean, also the Jets. How many different offensive line combinations did the Jets have? Well, that's and... the thing, too. That's the thing, too. It's like... All right, you, you're looking at the numbers overall for the year, but... Offensively, the Jets were not a very good football team because their offensive line, you're only going to go as far as your offensive line. We know that plenty as Giants fans. So, yeah, I mean, that should be the bigger concern. Not about, I wouldn't be concerned about Bell because he, he, I think he proved he can still play. He didn't have the numbers that he would normally have, but you look at the offensive line. No, nah, it seems like they basically have to keep him next year. They'd have $17 million dead on their cap if they cut him. I don't think they would cut him. That, what apparent, The GM actually said yesterday, I believe, that if... No, not yesterday. A couple days ago when they did the press conference, they said uh, if teams are interested in him, they're going to take the phone calls, which you'd be stupid not to. But that's any player. Yeah. Let's be honest. So I don't think they would cut him. I think that they would. Yeah, but you still get bangs with that cap hit, even when you trade him. Yeah, at least you're getting something in yeah. return. So to me, if if Bell's not here next year, it's going to be because they trade him. But I don't. I just don't see why you would do that. Because who who else is there? They don't. Do they have another running back on the roster that can do it? Bilal Powell? <laughs> I mean, I read an article the other day saying that Bilal Powell has more burst than <laughs> Bell. And it's like, all right, yeah. All right, so get rid of yeah, speed, yeah, All right, so start Bilal Powell and see. <laughs> see how long he lasts. You know what I mean? Um, but that's the kind of crazy stuff you get when people are unhappy with certain guys. They, they can't get out of their own, you know, head when it comes to disliking certain people. But... You know, the fact that, you know, you look at it and it's like, all right, it's the same, same old Jets, same issues. It's a circus. They don't know what's going on. As Giants fans, we're not used to what's going on with the Giants right now. You know? Uh, it's just amazing. Dave Gettleman's doing his media tour, and it just raises more questions, the stupidity this guy has. Any questions you thought you had, <laughs> now you can base None of them were answered. And now you can basically... Well, yeah, like you said. You what have, was, you what was the quote I sent you yesterday? Uh, yeah, about end his, of year uh, presser. About <laughs> uh, why should they trust you? No, the Leonard Williams trade. <laughs> I'm well, Leonard. Uh, the juice was worth the squeeze. 
I understand that. I understand. Somebody's actually said that to me before, so I understand what that means. I don't understand what it means. Because when you, it refers to you know you're making orange juice. You have to squeeze the oranges. Is it worth it to put the time, the work in? Oh, was it worth a third and possibly a fifth round pick? To me, no, because they're they have. Well, no, a third and a fifth. Yeah, the fifth is guaranteed, but the fifth becomes a fourth if they resign him. Yeah, but if they don't resign him, they get a third back at the end of the round. Honestly, that might be a reason why you don't resign him at this point. <laughs> Because the damage is already done. Yeah. The third is gone. And that's a now good you third want a, round pick. Now you want the fifth to turn into a fourth to sign a guy who hasn't had a sack. Did he have a sack in the final game? Uh, I think it was a half sack they gave him. Oh, is that? Okay. So yeah. he had a ha- he's half, had a sack. half sack in four years, right? <laughs> no, he had a good rookie season, I think. All right. So the last three years, he has half a sack. That's insane. And the guy plays D-end. He's not a D tackle. So, yeah, okay, the juice was worth the squeeze. I don't want to resign him because I want that fourth round pick. Now, at this point, it's damage control. But then he says, they ask, why should Giants fans trust you? And he says, why shouldn't they trust me? Like, that's your, you, you, you can't answer a question with a question. He can, huh? Because <laughs> he's smarter than everybody else. And they hired four computer folks. Yeah. And redid the back end of their scouting department. Oh yeah, that's my favorite thing. We hired four computer guys. Got four four computer guys in the room, but they they were. I, I read something or I heard something today where they were kind of making making light of it, and um, you know, they were saying, "All right, we're gonna bring." Uh, they were they were um, well. Uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, they were fantasizing about <laughs> Bill Belichick coming here. And they were like, imagine Bill Belichick came here. Basically, Gettleman would turn into that fifth computer guy. Like, yeah. he would have no role here. Like, that's basically what they, you know, Belichick's not coming here. But with the giant ties and everything, basically every offseason we kind of hear about it, you know? Uh, you know, and then the big thing is supposedly the new head coach is going to be able to decide how much of a role Gettleman's playing. I'm just sitting here shaking my head because <laughs> it makes no sense. We just saw this with the Jets. The Jets did it so bizarre. Yeah. They they fire the coach, keep the GM. They hire a new coach. They bring in a consulting firm first to hire the new coach. Then Gase says... I want to get rid of the GM. Then they fire the GM. After they let him draft and go through free agency with him. And then they hire the GM that Gase likes. So he can't do anything with the roster. (laughs) So to summarize, keep the GM, fire the coach. Hire a new coach. Fire the GM that just hired the coach. Hire the GM that the new coach likes after the offseason is complete. Yeah. If you can follow that, it makes no sense. So now, like you said, the Giants are saying, whoever we bring in as the coach is going to have a, a say in in their in Gettleman's role, and if we keep him on or not, right? Yeah, that seems to be. So now we're living in this world where, wh- why not just hire a coach who will be both, who will play both roles? I don't know. According to Gettleman on his interview on The Fan with Joe and Evan, it's, we intend to sign Leonard Williams. Uh, why, though? 
Because we need a pass rusher. Because you feel like you're going to... Oh, oh, is that what he said? His next quote was, everybody east of the Pacific Ocean is going to tell you we need a pass rusher, and I don't disagree. So someone with a half a sack last year in 16 games. (laughs) I think he just doesn't want to have egg on his face (laughs) and and not re-sign a guy that they gave up a third and a fifth for, which is ridiculous. It's called a confirmation bias. He already has the sunk cost in that... The third and the fifth are already there. Like, so economics lesson right yeah. there. A little sunk cost. I don't know. I, the Jets just made out with this. Yeah. That's Especially enough. if the Giants re-sign him, then they get a fourth. So they get a third and a fourth for a guy who was just not productive at all. He helps out a little mm-hmm. bit in the run game. But that's it. He's a two-down player, basically, because he can't rush the quarterback. And that was our first-round draft pick last year as a two-down player at D-Tackle. So they might as well just take the D line off. The, just put it, take everybody off except for Marcus Golden because he's the only guy that apparently can can get a get a pass rush. The Giants are just going to play four D tackles next season. That's what it sounds like. If they go back to a a, a four Bear three, defense. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know what they're doing. But. They'll have to run a five two. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> that's the problem is that nobody knows what's going on. Nobody's mm-hmm. when Gettleman speaks, it's like he doesn't say anything. Like he says, he. It sounds like you're talking to Yoda, where he's trying to Jedi mind trick you, but he's like such he a bad sounds Jedi. Like, he sounds like it too. He's got like that, that deep, you know, like, <laughs> you know, uh, gargly voice type thing. I don't know. We need a pass rusher. So let's sign. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this uh, it's it's not good here uh, in New York with these teams right now, and the only thing that you can really say as a Giants fan is that it looks like Daniel Jones will be a good player, cut down on the turnovers, and he'll he'll be a good player. That's basically what you. That's all you can. That's hope all for. we can hope for. And in his press conference, he says, "I was brought to New York to do two things: find a quarterback and s- sustain winning." Alright, so obviously you got he, has, he's just, he has sustained to nothing except for losing. And But to be honest, when they drafted Daniel Jones, we all said this literally bought him an extra year. Yeah, but well that's the thing too. If his because no, he said my number one priority was to find a quarterback. But his first draft, what does he do? He drafts Saquon, Saquon Barkley. <laughs> Which I love, but I still. love Barkley. But you had Five quarterbacks. You had in the first round. Darnold. They had no Mayfield. chance at Mayfield. Well, Mayfield at least. Mayf- yeah. At least we had no chance at Mayfield. Good. Mayfield is he's uh, tough to watch. You had Darnold, Lamar Jackson. I mean, you know, a couple guys and throw those guys in the Drew Locke and Josh Rosen that, you know, yet to be seen. Drew Locke looks like he might be good. Denver Denver actually finished the season pretty strong after <laughs> yes, he spoke. Yes, they did. Uh, I think they finished seven and nine or something like that. They they did beat Oakland, correct? Yes, they did. Yeah. So, you know, if that was your number one priority, when when did it become your number one priority? After Daniel <laughs> Jones actually worked out. Now that's now that you can spin it however you want. But, you know, I don't think that we're idiots. You know, you can kind of see through some of this crap. And uh, he's just trying to make a, a positive out of what has been an atrocious. Uh, tenure so far as the Giants GM. I just wanted to get that off my chest. I've been listening to it all morning, and well, because this is the first time we've spoken to the media 
whole season. Yeah. And he was like, oh, maybe I should have talked to the media a little bit more. Is that what he said? Yeah, and taking some heat off of Pat Sherman. Oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah, we, <laughs> uh, we thought about it. Uh, he was yeah. He said after you know after the nine game losing streak, he's like yeah. I thought about coming out and speaking to take a little pressure off him, and then it turns out so they so he gets fired, and it's like all right. If he had given Shermer a vote of confidence, how would that look for him now firing him? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's just all you know. Everything's ass backwards right now. Yeah, and uh, it's it's frustrating to say the least. Um, I actually. Uh, I was very upset the other day, and I sent a message that I was <laughs> renouncing my fanship of the Giants because I had to listen to that stupid press conference. Um, but let's get into some playoff football because that's what that's what we're here to talk about mostly. Uh, some playoff uh, games on Saturday and Sunday this week, and really some some pretty good ones. Some pretty good ones, and the. Uh, the you want to you, you want to go you want to do the games first, well you, the awards first. You want to do end of season awards first? Yeah, let's bang out the end of season awards right. real quick. All right, so there's a couple. Uh, pulled up some odds here. Um, the MVP. I think we all agree. It's Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Is no point. Uh, You're not getting any odds on it, so. Yeah, the um, the overwhelming favorite right now is Lamar Jackson, with good reason and he didn't even play week 17 he could have added <laughs> to those numbers and he didn't uh let's let's pull up his final stat line here i know he broke michael vick's rushing record oh yeah um yeah and like we said he didn't even play week 17 so regular season he had 36 touchdowns and six picks 113.3 qbr he only had 3100 yards but well, the Ravens finished as the first 200-200 team, which is insane. They did finish that, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's just crazy. Uh, in today's NFL, to have a 200-200, that's just uh, it's, uh, it's really astonishing. He had 1,206 rushing yards on 176 attempts, almost a seven, just under a seven-yard average and seven touchdowns. So he had a combined 43 touchdowns, and... He had 14. We have 14 turn. Oh, he only lost two fumbles. So he had eight turn, eight total turnovers, 43 touchdowns. This is like a college, you <laughs> yeah. know, this is like a Heisman type stat line in the uh, in the NFL, which is just crazy. And I think when you look back on it, last year, I don't know how you felt about it, but last year when you watched him play, he didn't really. Like, there were a couple, outside of his running ability, his pet, his throwing ability well, if you left remember, a lot to be desired. In the playoff game last year, they had to bring Flacco back in. Yeah. Because of how bad he was doing. Yeah. And they actually still almost won that game, but that that was one of those things that, coming into this year, I would have never thought that well, they, it would be this good. They addressed it by, they built the team around him instead of trying to build him to the team yeah yeah and that when because he wasn't the starter to begin the year Flacco started in 2018 five five games in and so you're not going to change the offense you know mid-season mid-season so he came in and like you said had to had to play in the role that they had defined for him but now now he's defined (laughs) the offense So, so it's it's really been a transformation that's why I think Jim uh John Harbaugh is such a good coach he Gets the most out of his guys. I mean, 
if you told me that the the Ravens would be fourteen and two, no, no, that's I I <laughs> I had them winning the division, but I think I had I, when I wrote and I actually messaged you this. Well, my my AFC North predictions were right on this year. I had it, I had it down. Division winners, over unders. I hit on all of them, <laughs> but I did not think that the Ravens were going to. No, I I was on the Ravens winning the division, but I didn't think they'd win fourteen games. That's pretty. Yeah, it just goes to show. I don't know how you can ever predict fourteen games though. No, 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 <laughs> no. Well, the, yeah, that's why I think there were only two, two or three teams that had odds of ten plus wins in the NFL because it is tough to get there. But if you told me they were going to win fourteen games, I would have said, "All right, what the? <laughs> did I? Did everybody? Did every other team die?" Like, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the uh, Lamar Jackson train keeps rolling and. Uh, you know, they have some injuries going into the playoffs, but they have that week to, to, you know, get ready. But, yeah, the overwhelming favorite. I think number two, you'd probably say, I don't know, Russell Wilson maybe. Russell I, Wilson. Yes. Uh, um, I mean. It's going to be a quarterback. It's number two. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm just, try, I'm just trying to think of, you know, McCaffrey mm-hmm. was – you know, came on strong at the end of the year. You got Michael Thomas breaking records, My, too. Yeah, Michael Thomas. I mean, but, yeah, it's going to be the quarterback. The quarterback on the best team, especially mm-hmm. with numbers like him. He's Like I said, 3,100 yards for a quarterback <laughs> is like some, you know, Mahomes <laughs> had that last year in, like, n- nine games, you know? Um, so, yeah, that, he's the overwhelming favorite. Uh, the interesting race here, and... I know you wanted to touch on it, is the offensive, offensive Rookie of the Year. And right now the odds are showing that it looks like Josh Jacobs is the favorite. And this is as of December 25th. So this is basically everything before week 17. Um, yeah, Josh Jacobs at minus one. Who also didn't play yeah week 17 so this you know week 17 this is probably going to be a a little bit different um but you have kyler murray aj brown terry mclaurin miles sanders i was a little surprised not to see daniel jones on this list he did only start 12 games but his numbers for those 12 games i think he set the rookie record for passing touchdowns in a season uh yeah it was close i don't know if he said it exactly but uh, oh, yeah, it says here, Dan Marino is the only QB to win Offensive Rookie of the Year with less than 12 starts. Okay. So, you know, it has been done before, but I wouldn't put, you know, Daniel Jones <laughs> and Dan Marino on the same uh, on the same level here. But, uh, yeah, out of these five that they list here as as having the best odds, who, who do you think you're taking on this? Jacobs, Murray, A.J. Brown, McLaren, or Miles Sanders? I mean, I'd probably go the favorite Jacobs, but I'd probably hedge myself with Kyler Murray. Yeah, I think you kind of have to go with uh, the court. and to be honest, I mean, Kyler Murray kind of tailed off at the end of the year, but you look at Josh Jacobs, he had 1,150 yards with seven touchdowns, average 4.8. Uh, he did miss just at the end of the year, pretty much, right? He missed uh, two games, I think. So, the, you know, those aren't bad numbers. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. He missed three games. Okay, so, uh, you know, 
He had that, and I mean, it just goes to show too with that shoulder injury. He did like it was broken shoulder, yeah, pretty much. Just a fractured shoulder, broken shoulder, and he was still able to fight through it for most of uh, for for a lot of these games. And he had one, two, three, four, five, one hundred yard games. Uh, really good, really good rookie season for him. Kyler Murray. I know AJ Brown came on strong, but I just don't see. I don't think he had enough of an impact. Not until not until later in the year. Late, he had one, two, three, four of the last six games were over a hundred yards. But before and, that, there's like one catch, four yards. Yeah, yeah. He had some, but you know, then you look at it. And it's like when did Tannehill take over? He took over after week six, I believe. They were two and four. And you can see he did have a couple one-catch games, but his numbers tr- definitely trended up when t- after Tannehill took over. So he actually finished with 48 catches for 927, almost 20 yards a catch, and uh, seven touchdowns. So obviously you want to see, for a wide receiver, you want to see that 1,000-yard number, but that's some serious, uh, those are some serious rookie numbers. And he, he's got a lot of speed for a big guy. Oh, yeah, 6'1". Yeah, he, uh, he can run. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if I had to choose, and Terry McLaurin, again, he missed a few games, but, I mean, if I was going based on... Honestly, if they didn't change to uh, Dwayne Haskins, Terry McLaurin probably <laughs> wins rookie of the year. That's true. He started <laughs> off on fire, that guy. Uh, and I just want to look at Kyler Murray's uh I know he stats. had 20 touchdowns, 12 picks. Yeah, 20 and 12, two fumbles lost in 87.4 quarterback rating 3700 yards and Arizona went 5 10 and 1 I I think they needed like one or two more signature yeah. wins Yeah, I think so. So I I'd probably just bet the favorite looking more in depth on the Murray stats. Yeah, 64% completion. That's, you know, pretty good. And then you get you can't ignore the rushing yards. 544, four touchdowns. I don't know. I mean, if you're going with uh, if you're gonna if you want if you want a little bit of value, you know, plus plus one eighty, plus two hundred, uh, that's not a bad that's not a bad play because everybody loves the quarterbacks, you know. Except CBS has the stat here on the yes, that's that's true on the rookie of the year. Uh, offensive rookie of the year is winners by position, quarterback nine. Running back thirty-four, wide receiver nine. That's it. We've never. Had, I mean, it makes sense. The skill positions. We've never had an offensive I mean, lineman win rookie of the year. Um, but I'm curious. I'm curious when these. And they don't list them here in the article, but I'm curious when these were won. You know, if if more recently you've seen more quarterbacks. Well, I know we had a running back win last year. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, Josh Jacobs has, you know, he hit over a thousand yards, seven touchdowns, played thirteen games. And the Raiders were Raiders were in playoff contention until the last, you know, well they were, you know, yeah, until the last week of the season, the technically. Week, so, I mean, you could say that he had the the best impact. And and we look at this, the only, you know, Miles Sanders, he. You know, he came on late when came on late. they actually yeah. started giving him the ball. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, if they had given him the ball all year, maybe it'd be a different story. But I mean, you got three of the five on here that are sitting home right now, not in the playoffs. Um, and then we'll just do a defensive rookie of the year real quick. Is that 
right. Oh, here we go. Uh, defensive Rookie of the Year odds. It looks like... Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa minus four. You can't really argue with that. <laughs> I mean, he had, you know, top top two, mm-hmm. top three defense. Uh, the impact he had. Um, you have De- Devin Bush is that number two plus 600. Josh Allen plus 800, which hurts me because <laughs> sure hurts you too. It would have been nice to have him uh, on the Giants this year. Brian Burns. Um, you know, obviously you could see a trendier edge rusher, pass yeah. rusher, makes the most impact in the NFL. And then you have a, you have the safety from Green Bay, Darnell Savage, coming in fifth at plus 2,500. So, yeah, I think uh, there's really not that much to argue here. Nah, I think it's pretty much him. It says an edge, an, an edge, they have this new position in the NFL, just edge. called edge, and uh, obviously that's an edge rusher, kind of a tweener between a D end and an outside linebacker, think of Von Miller, and it says here Von Miller was the last to win, uh, an edge player has not won the award since Von Miller in 2011, which is surprising, uh, it's been a lot of linebackers, it's only gone to a safety twice, so, I mean, Considering their historical stats, maybe look at Devin Bush. I mean, I don't know his stats because it's hard to follow defensive players. Yeah. Stats. I mean, when they're saying that the edge rusher isn't really getting the award, but, uh, it's kind of surprising. 97 tackles, one sack, two picks. So he's 89 forced fumbles, but that's I'm, obviously wrong. I'm going to say that's wrong. <laughs> unless, he was, unless he played Daniel Jones every week. Um no, his, stat, his game logs is having my one forced fumble. So it, it doesn't really jump no, out. So. You have to, it, it's more of when you watch the game and you look at the impact that they had. But then you look at Nick Bosa, and we'll pull his stats up. You know, 49 sacks. Again, he had 89 forced fumbles, yeah. too. A lot of forced <laughs> fumbles in the NFL. And he actually did have a pick. He had that sick play. Oh, yes, I remember. Um, and I believe he returned that for a touchdown. Uh, I'm not sure. But, yeah, I mean... It's hard to argue with this just because of how San Francisco's defense played as a whole, and then you throw him in there, he started right off the bat. Yes, yeah, Devin Bush would need, like, 123. He didn't break that 100-tackle mark, so... Yeah, so, yeah, it's definitely, you know, based on history, you know, it's just it, so much yeah. in, in Nick Bosa's favor. I, you know, based on history, it's been going to a, a line, you know, middle linebacker, inside linebacker a lot of the time, but... Uh, that's not going to be the case this year. This is this is going to be Nick Bosa all the way, and defensive player of the year. This one's interesting to me. Defensive player of the year right now. So Stefan Gilmore is, and this is a little bit more recent. This is as of uh, two days ago, actually. Uh, Stefan Gilmore is leading the way at minus four hundred. I don't know. It's hard to Shaquille Barrett had nineteen and a half. Did he have 19 and a half? Yeah, he had a lot of sacks. Chandler Jones was right there. He had 19. He didn't break 20, though. No. Nobody broke 20 this year. Uh, Aaron Donald's always going to be up there. TJ Watt. Yeah. He had a great year. I don't know if he did enough, though. Um, You know, it's... See, but this one I would actually consider betting Barrett at plus 800. Yeah. Because how many picks did Gilmore have? Let's pull up Gilmore's stats. Gilmore... I mean, he was on the he was on the best team uh, defensively. I know, but he did get beat a lot that last drive. 
six, six interceptions. interceptions. 45 tackles. I mean... Oh. Yeah. Two of them are against the Bengals. Because these are against like the he had, <laughs> he had a pick against the Dolphins, the Giants, the Jets, and the ba- and two against the Bengals. So kind of yeah, kinda that's what bottom feeders, you know. Um, yeah, I think that this is just a, a product of just how the the Patriots defense played as a whole, and obviously he's a great player. Yeah. Is he minus 400 defensive player of the year? Uh, what's his historical so. stats on? The historical stats show uh, in the last 10 years, uh, interior D lineman as well. well but that's, that's because Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald and uh, defensive back twice overall, 10. Okay, so defensive backs do win it. I mean, I'm sure Revis has one of those. But you're looking at Edge Rusher getting it. Almost at twice. Yeah, two to one. Two to at a yeah, two to one clip. And if you look at Shaq Barrett, I mean, you already mentioned the the sack numbers, but let's pull it up here. He had nine, yeah, nineteen and a half, six forced fumbles. He had a pick. Uh, led the league in sacks. I, I mean, would say the issue is that I mean, we all thought Tampa Bay's defense is pretty poor towards the bottom of the league yeah but yeah very good and as part of a, that's why that's why I'm that's why it's kind of tough because you have Stefan Gilmore who was very good on a great defensive unit you had Shaq Barrett who was great on a very poor defensive unit and they did play much better towards the end of the year the defense did you know 19, I, I, as honestly, as I, would, 19 I would, and a half sacks I would consider it <laughs> The Shaq Barrett. Bet. I mean, it's worth a shot just based on, like we said, the history. Uh, overall, the defensive players, uh, the breakdown. Edge Rusher is getting it. Seven has gotten 17 overall. They've won this award 17 times overall compared to 10 for D back. So. Yeah, but I would even throw the interior defensive line. Aaron Donald's getting most of that on his sack. sack uh, uh, Quarterback rushing ability. Yeah. No, no, it's definitely true. Because um, the six interceptions is nice, but it doesn't, like, jump off. Look at that. 20 and a half sacks Aaron Donald had. I know. That's what I'm saying. So, one less sack than Aaron Donald, who won it last year. Yeah. I mean, J.J. Watts, uh, he... See, that's the thing. Aaron Donald's listed as a D-tackle, <laughs> which I think he... In the 2017, uh, when they gave it to him, I can see. Nah, he's kind of like a, like I feel like he lines up more at DN, but I I don't know. But yeah, I mean you're looking at the last five, Aaron Donald the last two, Khalil Mack before him, and then J.J. Watt the two before Khalil Mack. So these are guys that just get after the quarterback. They're all on the D line. They, yeah, they just load up on sacks, and again that that's why it's a trend of the NFL. Yeah, that is the sexiest stat that people look at, and the that's, voters. Yeah, and that's why when you look at Offensive Rookie of the Year, it's hard to overlook the Kyler Murray because of just the premium that's placed at that position. And it's not mm-hmm. like he had a bad – he didn't have a terrible season. The team was not very good around him, but he actually played well. And then you look at the impact positions on defense, D, uh, you know, D-end, edge rusher, interior lineman that can rush the quarterback like Aaron Donald. That's that's pretty much what you're looking at, and 
Yeah, I kind of agree. Either going with Shaquille. Yeah. Chandler Jones had a great year too. But I know. He, but he's not gonna. He. I, I don't think he's gonna win I, this. To be honest, I didn't know he had 19 sacks until they said it week after week 16. Yeah. Well, you didn't. You don't really hear much about him. You don't hear much about <laughs> Shaquille Barrett either. That's that's like kind of the New England tax you're paying. You know, best defense, best team over the last two decades. Stephon Gilmore. Sports center's right there, right down the road. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, so those are your odds. I mean, if you were going to take a shot, you, this is where you want to take. Yeah, that shot. I would. I would take the shot, especially getting eight to one. Yeah, you might as well if you want to throw a couple bucks down on uh, Shaquille Barrett. That's probably the safe, uh, the safe bet. So those are the uh, awards that we're going to talk about, and. I think it's time to get into these playoff games. Yeah, let's get going. Let's get into these playoff games. The first of which is Saturday at 4:35 in Houston. It's the Bills at Texans. What's your uh, initial thought on this? Right now, the number sits at I think three and a half. It's three right now. So it started at three. Now it's down. To, it started at three and a half. Now it's at three, two and a half, depending on where you look. What's I your mean, feeling? J.J. Watt is coming back this week. That is true. What's, what kind of impact is he going to have? Is Will Fuller playing? Because apparently he's the most important player on the offense. So, yeah, like you said, J.J. Watt is upgraded to probable. Kenny Stills is questionable. Bradley Roby is questionable. That's kind of a big deal. Uh, McKinney is a starting linebacker. Questionable with a concussion. Laramie Tunsil, <laughs> questionable. A lot, of, uh, a lot of questionable tags. You think it's playoffs they're going to play? Problem is, it's a shorter week. So, I mean, to be honest, I'm leaning Bills here for the fact that you're getting points. Houston did not impress me the no. last couple weeks. No. And even against the Titans when they won 24-21, they had a chance to put them away early, and they let the Titans get right back in that game. See, it's, it's an interesting kind of... Uh, and I think Bill O'Brien's record's one and three yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah, that's what that's kind of what I was getting to. It's it's an interesting storyline here because the Texans have won four of the last five division titles, but they are basically just eliminated right away. Yeah, and <laughs> that's they, the AFC South. <laughs> they haven't gotten a first round bye. They're all they're playing wild card weekend every week every year, and they lose. So, yeah, he's done a good job getting them to the playoffs. But then you look at the division. All right. Well, especially since this was another GM head coach battle that he ended up winning as a head coach. Yeah. Usually it goes the GM and then he became the interim GM and basically traded away their whole future for Laramie Tunzel. They have like no draft picks this draft. Yeah. And Tunzel's been great. (laughs) He's Pro Bowl uh, left tackle. But if you're not even going to get a first round buy out of it. I just think that the uh, yeah it says here Will Fuller is going to be a game time decision. So that means even if he plays, how healthy is he really going to be? And I mean, it's happened so many. He comes back from an injury mm-hmm. and then he's just out again right away. Yeah, it's um, especially with a groin injury. Oh, that's going to be a great matchup between uh, who's the Bills' corner? I always forget his name. Tre'Davious White. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Against Hopkins. Yeah. I like I like Tre'Davious White. I think he's re- he's he's real good, and yeah, I mean I'm I'm leaning Bills too. I think the Bills defense is going to travel, and I don't I don't trust Bill O'Brien 
to where if the Texans get off to a rough start or they're having trouble <laughs> moving the ball, you know, how is he going to adjust? Because I, I don't really see that much. He couldn't do it against the Tampa Bay Bucks, and what were they, the thirty-first ranked pass defense? And yeah, they couldn't throw at all. And this is the Bills, who might be, I think, their second overall. Uh, in, second or third in terms of yards. And defensively, they're third in the league in yards allowed, and fourth, fourth in passes. So, you know, you can run on them a tiny bit. I mean, they're still top ten, but. Yeah, they don't give up any points. They don't give up any yards. Like, this is going to be a tough matchup for this team. And that's why I think the Bills... Not I, I honestly think the Bills could just win this game outright. And I wouldn't be surprised one bit. Uh, but the spread, if you're getting points, you know, plus three for the Bills, I'll take that. Yeah, you're just getting the typical away team yeah, bonus get, points. Yeah. And it's not like Houston, you know, when they win, they're not blowing anybody out, you know. Their wins, uh, one, two, three, four, five. Honestly, since their impressive win against the Patriots, it's been kind of downhill after that. They yeah. lost to the Broncos the next week. Yeah, and it wasn't just a loss. They got blown out. Uh, they did beat Tennessee. They looked awful against Tampa Bay, and then mm-hmm. they get destroyed by Tennessee, which they weren't... Yeah, they weren't playing you know, they weren't for anything. Playing, but, you know, that's not... I don't know. Five of their last six wins have come by six or fewer points. The only big win they had was against Jacksonville in that London game where Jacksonville just didn't show up. So this isn't a team that's going to beat you by a bunch. They'll, they'll, they'll lose by a bunch. Yeah, they're more likely to get blown out than blow you out. Yeah, so, you know, that just speaks to – I think Sean McDermott has done a good job. Bill O'Brien obviously getting them to the playoffs is good, but beyond that, you know, he leaves a lot to be desired. So that's game one on Saturday. Again, that's 435 in Houston. The second game on Saturday, this is I think this is one of the uh, top two, if not the most interesting matchup uh, on the uh, in Wild Card Weekend, and that's the uh, the Patriots hosting the Titans. Uh, this is this is a, a a matchup that I mean the last meeting the Titans beat them up pretty good last year. But in the past, this is a game that the Patriots would, the Patriots would just d- destroy <laughs> a team like this. And the team that just wants to run the football, not a, not a lot of passing game, which has changed now with Tannehill. But this is a team that the Patriots would just put up a ton of points on and say, we're just going to bombard you. You can't throw the ball with Mariota. You know, mm-hmm. you're not coming back. Now is a little bit of a different story. I mean, I'm under the faith that you pay three things in life. You have three guarantees in life. Death, taxes, and Patriots are in the Super Bowl. That's been my life experience. <laughs> yeah. In the, uh, the 30 years that we've been on this, yeah. 20 of them, <laughs> that, has been, that has been the case. Um, it's, it's hard to sit here and make an argument that uh, well first of all when have we ever seen the Patriots play wild card weekend? It's been a while they actually don't have a great record wild card weekend uh, I we, think he's 5-5 five and five. Bill Belichick 5-5 five and five. I didn't know they played that many times 
Well, they're in the playoffs. <laughs> well, just wild card weekend. I mean, typically they're they're always the number one seed. But uh, yeah, I mean, the history shows you that New England just owns this team. They're eight and two in the last ten, seven and three against the spread. But this isn't your typical Titans team. They can throw the ball. Tannehill's been good. Uh, obviously, Derrick Henry just had has been on a tear. Uh, of late, yeah. Yeah, just like the last four or five weeks, he's just been, you know, just but going off. To be honest, he's their big option. It's even though AJ Brown's had all these impressive stats lately, it's because they're all focusing on yeah Derrick Henry. So if the Patriots do find a way to shut down Derrick Henry, which they'll find a way, they'll. That's the thing. Belichick always takes away your best option. If you, that and that's the thing that if. If they can slow down the running game, and they're four and four in wildcard weekend. Okay, so if they yeah if they can, if they can slow down the running game and get Tannehill in a position where he has to throw, that's not going to be good for the Titans because Patriots secondary is. Fantastic. I think they were number one. They're fantastic. Uh, when you look at their defensive rankings, they are number two in pass yards allowed, and six in rush yards. So they. <laughs> This is going to be a tough game for the Titans. Um, statistically, for for Tennessee on the season, they're third in rush yards, twenty first in pass yards. But that the thing is, they don't spend a lot of time on the field. Their offense is not on the field, and that's where the Patriots are going to be able to. It looks like this could be a big weather game too. Yeah, rain and snow. That's that bodes well for Tennessee. I mean, the thing is that. New England really hasn't shown much. I don't know. Does it really? Because when have you seen Tannehill play in shitty weather? It wasn't any time in Miami. No. Or in college. No, that's a good point. I'm. I was. I'm thinking in terms of running the ball. Yes, that's what. That's what I'm thinking of. But that. I mean. Yeah. 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 I, I guess. I guess you would lean more towards Tom Brady and the Patriots in a situation like this because of where they they've play. experienced the weather before. Yeah, and I mean this is this is gonna this is gonna be an interesting game. The number right now is the Patriots are a four and a half point favorite going off of Bovada, and I am gonna I'm, I am leaning Tennessee to cover just because. I don't think that the Patriots are a team that's going to blow them out. Yeah, I don't think that they're a team that's going to be able to put up the, the kind of numbers that they have in years past. Their last 10 games, I mean, you're talking about 24 against Miami, 24 against Buffalo, uh, 16 against KC, 22 against Houston, 13 against mm-hmm. Dallas. The only one, you know, in their last in their last nine games, they've only scored over 30 points once and that was against Cincinnati whose defense is terrible so this isn't the same offense and it's not like the Titans are are pushover on defense when you look at their defensive stats they're they're not great but they're not terrible um so I think this is gonna be a close game what do you think uh I'm gonna leave Patriots I mean we'll get to our Super Bowl picks at the end of this but I have the Patriots going to the Super Bowl okay so I think it's just going to be one of those games where somehow everything just clicks for the Patriots and you're going to see the old Patriots just snap back to attention. 
Yeah. Uh, if it doesn't happen this week, I mean, then that, uh, you know, if they, I think a lot's going to be. I think it's going to be a closer game. I think this could be their toughest game. You think so? Yeah. I think Tennessee does match up well against them. I think you, yeah, I, I, I think you're going to look at this game and if the Patriots come out and do their thing, you'll be like, all right, it's back to the, you know, Patriots mm-hmm. are the fa- you know, favorite to run through. They're, you know, they're a playoff team. They, their season doesn't start. It's almost like the, uh, you, know, you talk about the teams that, you know, the Miami Heat when LeBron James <laughs> was there. It's like, all right, season or the Golden State Warriors. The season doesn't yeah. start till the playoffs because you know you're getting there. It's just a matter of, you know, how they're getting there. And uh, yeah, if they come out and play well, I think you'll see a lot of people kind of jump back on that bandwagon. And you know, if they play, if they if they win the game but they don't play well, uh, it's going to be interesting to hear how it's mm-hmm. talked about uh, going into the divisional round. But yeah, I just think this is going to be a close game, and you know, I think a lot of people are going to be on Tennessee. We've seen, we saw this number. Uh, it's actually pretty much stayed the same, so the money's kind of just going back and forth right now. But I think a lot of people are thinking how you're thinking. It's just say they're going to turn it on and they're going to figure it out. Until it's proven wrong. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. And no, it's, it's one of those legacy bets. Yeah. So that's uh, that's Saturday. Uh, quick injury for this game. Uh, we'll give you, give you the big names here. Uh, for the Titans, I mean, Adoree Jackson, their cornerback, is questionable. Jack Conklin, their starting tackle, is questionable. Uh, those are the big names. Uh, you know, Adam Humphrey is kind of a safety net for Tannehill. But, yeah, I mean... I don't think New England has many injuries. Nothing nothing new. Uh, that's amazing, isn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah. they're, just, they're just like... You just get out, go on IR, you get cut, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's pretty interesting, but... Yeah, this is not going to be a walk in the... I don't think this is going to be a walk in the park for the Patriots. It's just going to be... They're going to have to battle it out. And, hey, that might that might be good for them, you know? Get a tough win and, and go from there. So these Sunday games here, the first one is at 105 in New Orleans, Minnesota at New Orleans. Uh, and the, the Saints right now are an eight-point favorite, which is the biggest number for the weekend. Uh, this has kind of become a little playoff rivalry. Yeah, we were talking about it earlier. The Minnesota Miracle. Uh, and depending on who you ask, it was either good <laughs> or bad for Minnesota. <laughs> some people... Booger McFarlane. Booger McFarlane doesn't know. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this is um, this has been, you know, the last couple of years or, you know, a few times over the last few years, they've played each other in the playoffs. And... Uh, it's been pretty even. I mean, their last ten meetings, five and five. Uh, both of them are five and five. So, you know, New Orleans has kind of come on of late here, and really, you know, they go, they come in winning three in a row. Their offense is cooking, and New Orleans is my Super Bowl pick to come out of the NFC. I have them losing to the Ravens mainly because. Their defense kind of sets them apart. 
in my opinion, sets them apart in terms of their rush defense, what teams want to do. Minnesota, they want to do play action. They want to run the football, get Kirk Cousins working off that, which is another story. Do you trust Kirk Cousins in this spot? Do you trust Kirk Cousins in any big game? Even Monday night games, you can't even trust. 0-9 is insane. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) and this is, you know, this isn't a Monday night game, but this is much more important than a Monday night game. So, you know, what are you going to get from Cousins? Uh, I just think uh, going into New Orleans... This is gonna be. This is gonna be. This it's is just a, this eight, is a point, tough one. eight points is a big number. This is well, not the draw that Minnesota wanted. I can tell you that. No. Um. My question is, are the linebackers still out for the Saints? So for the Saints, looks like their starting safety Von Bell is questionable. Eli Apple is questionable. Uh, as far as linebackers go, looks no, like they're they back. Are, okay. Yeah, they're good to go. Um, you know, Marcus Williams, safeties. Uh, yeah, for the past couple weeks, they've been missing their start, two of their starting linebackers. For Minnesota, Eric Hendricks. Which is big. Linebackers questionable. Mackenzie McKin- Alexander. <laughs> Dalvin Cook. Is definitely playing, they yeah, said. this is probable, but I'm sure he's going to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so it looks like as far as injuries go, Minnesota is, is getting the brunt of that. Uh, I think the Saints win this game, but I do think Minnesota covers the spread. You know what? I was thinking kind of along those lines but just looking at looking at these numbers a little bit more in depth I I think New Orleans might just be able to run away with this I mean look at Minnesota's defense it's not the same as it's been in the past especially trying to find someone to cover Michael Thomas Xavier Rose like we've talked about all year it's been pretty bad yeah Zimmer's been on his case all season yeah it's not a good it's not a good it has not been a good year for him and he was one of the best corners coming into the season and he just hasn't played well uh i just i've kind of talked i kind of talk, i was leaning mm-hmm. like i said i was leaning minnesota with the spread uh and even even right before we started i was kind of going over the numbers and i think now looking at it a little bit more in depth i'm inclined to go with the saints at minus eight i know it's a big number it's a playoff game things are pl- a little bit closer more tense but yeah, we all uh, know the referees feeling it right now. Do not like New Orleans in the playoffs. Yeah, that's for some reason. <laughs> for some reason, but uh, yeah, I mean, you look at New Orleans. Their last four games, their offensive output: 46, 34, 38, 42. Getting back to the old New Orleans style. Yeah. I think Drew Brees' thumbs. He's feeling pretty good. Yeah, now. he's feeling pretty good. Uh, and like you said, Michael Thomas. I mean, Alvin Kamara. Yeah, it's finally started to show up the last two weeks. Yeah, and mixing, you know, Latavius Murray, he's he might be like the best backup <laughs> running back in the league. Uh, very good compliment to Kamara, and I think the Saints' defense is going to be able to, to. I think they're going to play well in this. And How many times do you think Taysom Hill touches the ball this game? Over under eight. Under. Under. Yeah. I bet she's over. Think so? I, he's such an idiot with that shit. <laughs> See, I, I'm thinking like it's playoffs now. They're gonna like, all right, we're not. We'll stop screwing not, around now. Yeah. I guarantee you, <laughs> they're saving a pass for him. Hey, you were playoffs. on him. You called it. Oh, I started him in a DraftKings line <laughs> as a quarterback. You got more. Hey, I had Case Keenum and he played the whole game, <laughs> and Taysom Hill had more points than uh, than him. So, yeah, and I think you even called it on here. You said Taysom Hill's gonna. <laughs> catch a big pass or something that's exactly what happened so um yeah i mean i we're both we both think new orleans is gonna win it's just 
To me, it's just how is Kirk Cousins going to play? No. That's it. He's got to live up to that $84 million. Yeah, that's... Uh, you got one you know, more year left of that. What's his uh, little little quote that he had screaming into the camera? Oh, you like that? You like that? Yeah, that's... Uh, I know the Minnesota fans don't like 0-9 on Monday Night Football, so... Uh, this is kind of going to be a statement game for him here. Yeah. You, you know, obviously if he loses and he plays well, it's going to go overshadowed, but this could be uh, kind of a step towards <laughs> that next tier of quarterback, I guess. But with the way they play, wanting to run the football and the play action, you know, that might be tough against the Saints team because they, I think they were, they were either, I think they were third or, they were fourth in the, uh, in the NFL and rush yards allowed. So they have a very stout uh, front seven there. Uh, the last game here on Sunday, 4.40 p.m. Eastern time in Philadelphia, the Eagles hosting the Seahawks. This is a rematch of a few weeks ago, and the Seahawks went into Philadelphia and beat them. So a little revenge factor possibly for the Eagles here. What are you thinking about this game? You know, there's just certain teams that just – click going into the playoffs and to be honest it might be the Eagles yeah I... <laughs> that's what scares me about this game yeah the Eagles have no one left but they're just clicking yeah some, something <laughs> about this team I don't I don't really know what it is I don't really I'm not I'm not <laughs> gonna sit here and say that Doug Peterson's the greatest coach in the world because I don't necessarily think that's the case but uh, you kind of have to. I, I kind of. I might have. I might have to reevaluate. Yeah, people my, used to shit on him. Yeah. And, when he first got hired, his first year. I mean, even last year, going into the playoffs, you know, having that. Who they play? They played. Uh, they played the Bears, right? Yeah. They ended up beating the the double doink game. Yeah. I think Chicago remembers that game. <laughs> um, but yeah, something about this team. I mean, Seattle. Like we said, Seattle. You know, came in. What was it? Uh, at the end of November, right around Thanksgiving, and uh, beat them 17-9 to in Philly. So, you know, they've done it before, and that you know that's something that Seattle can fall back on and say, hey, we've done it already, we can do it again. Uh, so you have a couple different narratives going in this And game. I actually think Seattle's glad this game's away because Seattle's 7-1. Yeah. Seattle's 7-1 and one on the road, 5-2-1 and one against the spread. And, and they're only 4-4 four and four at home. Now they're, they're favorited in this one. At minus two and a half, uh, there could. If you're big on the Eagles, this could be a good value yeah. game for you. Being at home, get, getting points at home in the playoffs, you don't see that too often. I, I mean, to be honest, both these teams are pretty beat up. I mean, yeah, you look at the injuries here. Seattle signed. <laughs> There's a lot of Lynch last week. Yeah, a lot of injuries for Seattle. I mean, we can run through it. Dwayne Brown, the tackle. Uh, let's see, Jadavian Clowney questionable, Quandre Diggs questionable. I think Clowney plays, but I don't think he's going to be effective. Yeah, um, I haven't seen too much news on him, but some big names out for them. Uh, for I mean, for both teams, you're talk- the Eagles don't even have a wide receiver anymore. You know, nah. so you have a wide receiverless team and a running backless team. And in, uh, in I don't think Zachary plays. According to the Twitter doctor I follow, Pro Football Doc, he doesn't think Zach Ertz wants to play, but he doesn't think they can medically clear him legally. He's got like a lacerated... Yeah, he had a broken rib that lacerated an organ or something. Like, like that's serious stuff. And (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, I can't imagine, you know, like you said, that he's going to play. Um, but he is questionable. He's not officially ruled out or in or anything. Uh, Lane Johnson, tackle questionable, which that's a big deal too. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, Jalen Mills, questionable, both of them. So just a lot of, uh, you know, Miles Sanders is probable. So he's going to play. That's, that I actually think is big. Yeah, well, when they don't have a receiver, he's, you know, he can kind of pick up some of that slack. But I don't know. Both, it's it's going to be tough. I, I don't know if Philly wins this game, but I'm going to pick them to at least cover the spread. I think somehow it's going to be a one-point game. Yeah, Seattle does play close games. I, I think I'm going to lean Seattle here. I think Pete Carroll... He's a great coach, and uh, we actually were head-to-head on all of them except for the Bills here. Yeah, three out of four. I'm going head-to-head. So, you know, as things get a little bit tighter in the playoffs, it's, uh, you know, these small numbers are tough. But, you know, you're looking at plus two and a half for the Eagles. You know, the predicted. I, I don't know how. No, I don't know how Odd Shark. We, you know, when we, we get our information off Odd Shark, they got everything right there. It's actually pretty good. Um but, but their computer program. Yeah, the predict. Those. Yeah, their predicted score. I wonder how they, how they come to this because, it's uh, saying the Eagles are going to win thirty to seventeen. I don't but, see that happening. But the spread. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't see that happening either. But, um, yeah, I mean, you look at the the weather for this game. It's going to be forty degrees and sunny. So windy, no real though. issues there. Looks yeah, very windy. windy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. It's hard to pick a team that doesn't have a running back, really. <laughs> and Marshawn Lynch didn't look bad. No, he didn't. He kind of looked... But the Eagles actually stopped the run. When you look at their defense, yeah. They, uh, They're they really good against the run. This is so <laughs> weird. Their home defense is... It's so much better than... Very <laughs> good. They give up... Uh, they only give up 16 points a game. They're giving up under 200 pass yards, under 80 rushing yards. And... They're all top. These are all yeah. top five numbers when you look at it, right? Seattle's not that far behind. Uh, well, defensively, it's really no contest. Philadelphia is is in a much better position. Uh, when you look at the offensive numbers, Philly doesn't really put up that many points at home. That's it, it, it's it's going to be a close game. That's, it's gonna, I, it's I think gonna it's going to be a one game. point game. It's going to so be a close why I'm gonna game. I'm going to take the points. I feel if if this number was plus three and a half, I would I would I would be taking the Eagles because I think I think a field goal is tops. The fact I I like that I'm getting two and a half. I think Seattle's a better team, and they've already shown that they can come into Philly and beat them. But like you said, I mean Philly got some magic in the playoffs. It's just something they have these mythical teams in the playoffs. Something in the water there, but uh, yeah. So you want to recap for us? I uh. We're both on the Bills at plus three. Max, you're on the Titans, Saints, and Seattle. And I'm going to take the Pats, Minnesota, and Philly. All right, so you want to do... Why don't we do uh, why don't we do just one lock each? We'll do one lock each. So what's your... If you had to pick one game on this slate that you felt the most comfortable taking, what, do you, what would it be? I guess it's Philly. It's tough. I, I think you Philly. Philly, lock I, it in? Yeah, I think Philly. The one that I feel most comfortable with, honestly, is uh, I think the Bills at uh, plus three. And 
you know, we'll go back and, and I want to take a look at that. I want to see what the... Yeah, plus three is pretty much the best you're going to get for that game. Um, but to be honest, I, th I honestly think the Bills are better than the Texans. As and, do I. And they're getting points. So, I mean, I don't know if you think that Philly's actually better than Seattle. Do you think Philly's a better team? No, it's... It's just they're home and they're getting, po they're getting points. To be honest, I feel like Philly's... Philly's backups have stepped up and played a couple weeks, so now they have all this experience, while Seattle's backups really haven't played much, and I think it's showing. Yeah, no, I, I could definitely see that. Uh, it's it's rare that you get, you know, plus points for a home team in the playoffs, so... Um, but and it would just piss off everyone in the Twitterverse because everyone's mad that a 9-7 team is hosting yeah. a playoff game. yeah. Seattle, what? They finished 11-5? and five? Yeah. And they have to travel, too. Yeah, Seattle finished with two straight losses. That that game against San Fran was... That was a good game. Yes, yeah, so it was. I don't was. know if you watched that, but... One-yard difference. 13, you know, 13... That's why I think Pete Carroll is... You know, they're down 13 nothing at halftime. Can't get anything going. They come out second half and put up 21 points on this defense that has really, you know, as of late not really played too well but uh that's what you want to see as a as a fan from your coach you want to see the adjustments come out make changes i mean team you want to talk about a quarterback being hot i don't think there's any quarterback hotter than carson wentz these last couple weeks yep no they i've with no one talk, yeah i'm i mean they showed his stats in the fourth quarter uh i think it was against the giants yeah and it was insane like <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, they didn't. They only scored three points in the first half that game. I mean, you get, take it with a grain of salt. I mean, four out of our last five, two, two against the Giants, one Washington, one Miami. And, you know, they beat Dallas by with 17 points. So they won that game on defense. Uh, but, yeah, no, I agree. I think Carson Wentz is, you know, outside of Drew Brees maybe. Drew Brees is hot as anything right now. But, uh, yeah, it's hard to argue that. So those are our picks. Lock it in. I'm with the Bills lock. Austin's with Philly at plus two and a half. You um, want to just give out our Super Bowl picks real quick? Yeah. Let's go. You want to start it off? Okay. I'm going to take San Francisco coming out of the NFC. Do you have did you have who they who they're going to play to come out of that game or no? Nah, I didn't. Just just your picks. <laughs> yeah, San Francisco. And then I took the Patriots coming out of the AFC, and then I think San Fran is going to beat the crap out of the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Okay, so you got the you have the Patriots going to the Super Bowl again. Yep. Playing uh, San Fran. San Fran, led by Kyle Shanahan. And Belichick's going to kill himself for trading away. <laughs> Garoppolo. I heard something about that today too, actually. Um, that he's he hasn't been the same yeah. mentally since. Uh, since that whole ordeal but um all right so that so those are your uh, super bowl predictions i'm going to go with uh the saints and the ravens so two completely different teams actually i have the saints and the ravens and i have the ravens beating the saints the reason why i have the saints coming out of the nfc is i actually you know when i looked at it, i said all right i think i think new orleans is going to end up playing San Fran again, all right? And the first time they played each other was a shootout. Uh, Garoppolo played really well. I just look at 
what the 49ers like to do. And although the 49ers won that game, it was out of their comfort zone. And the Saints were able to put up a ton of points. If the Saints can stop the run, which they have a good rush defense, they'll, I think they should be able to beat the 49ers the second time around. They were right there the first time. And as far as Baltimore, I just don't really see a team that's going to be able to stop what they do offensively. And the defense has played well enough that I feel comfortable picking them. If, if they end up playing the Patriots again, I'm sure Belichick is going to come up with something. <laughs> but are they going to be able to sustain it and shut them down the entire game? I find that hard to believe. And I think the Ravens' defense is good enough to where they are. They do hit a lull. They'll be able to pick them up a little bit. So that's what I have. And again, you can check this out on on the link. It's gonna be it's gonna be released along with you know everybody else's. Yep. Um, and from what I saw from the the rough dress we were doing, it looked like everybody was kind of on somebody else. You know. Uh, the Chiefs look like a big. Uh... The Chiefs, yeah. Well, I think people people think it's like that's the next step now. So if you end up with a Mahomes and Lamar Jackson in the AFC Championship game, that's gonna be uh, the NFL will definitely the be real happy. Yeah. And Goodell will go in his little office and uh, have <laughs> a little care, fun. Take care of business. Um, yeah, so those are our Super Bowl predictions. Make sure to check that out on the link. A couple things before we sign off here. Uh, national Championship coming up. Yes. Next. Uh, Monday. A week from this Monday coming up. So it's on the 13th, I believe. We are going to have uh, Michael Vale. He's come on a couple times with us this year. Talk some college football. Uh, always does a great job. Really knowledgeable guy. Uh, we are going to have him on to talk about that game, kind of preview it, go into the coaching matchup, uh, the different teams. Personally, I didn't think Clemson was going to get past Ohio State. I, I it was a it was a tough game. I know there were some questionable calls in the game. Yeah, there there definitely were, but you know. Uh, as, it is what it is. As a coach, I, I don't blame anything on the refs ever. You know, there are a couple. <laughs> I mean, you can look at the Saints. You know, you talk about Saints Vikings. That, I think you that, have to blame it on the refs. That that <laughs> you can blame it. There are, there are there are very few times that I'll sit there and say that the refs determine the outcome of uh, of the game, but uh, it does happen. And, and LSU on the other side. Yeah, that wasn't even a game. I turned that off at halftime. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> when you have Joe Burrow who has seven touchdown passes in the first half. It's like, all right, that's uh, that's, yep, that's, that's, that's all I need to know. Uh, but yeah, well, he's definitely the number one overall pick. I can promise you that. Yeah, unless something crazy, <laughs> um, you know. Yeah. God unless... forbid an injury or something like that. But yeah, he's good. I don't think anything that happens in this game is going to change your. No, your mind I don't, about I don't that. see how it could. Maybe if you throw seven interceptions mm-hmm. in the first half, doesn't matter. I, I wouldn't change. <laughs> uh, that's a that's a bold statement. Seven I interceptions mean... in the first half. Nah. That wouldn't happen. He's, but. A, he's an Ohio boy, too. So it makes sense for Cincy. Oh, the stars are aligning for yeah. Cincinnati. Um, but, yeah, we're going to have him on, talk some uh, college football championship, national championship. And uh, that's what, so that's what we have coming up. Look out for that probably middle of next week. Uh, we'll send out a tweet about it. And uh, we got some things to work out with him, so we're not sure when exactly that's going to happen. But middle of next week sometime. Uh, so that's that's our show for you here today. Did some uh, some awards, some playoff predictions, and uh, we did finish the season up pretty strong. So we're coming in with a good good feel for things, and we are head to head on some of it. But I think we're kind of in agreement of who's going to win. It's just 
a matter yeah, of you know the spread who makes a play here and there so um you know we'll keep an eye on that obviously and uh we have um the other podcast uh on on the link make sure to check that out Chicago plus the points. Chicago plus the points. They've only had uh, a couple episodes. You know, listen to it. Some good stuff. Some uh, some good banter back and forth. So make sure to check that out. Uh, linksports.com. L-Y-N-Q sports.com. And that's under the uh, the shows page. And it's actually at the bottom as well. You can you can get it right from there. Uh, make sure to check us out on Twitter at Square the Sharp. Uh, let us know what you think of our picks. And... That's our show for you here today. So we'll see you next week. And here's Here's to squaring up the sharp.